Yeah, Spence. I'm so stoked to be here back once again on the Ventura Forward Podcast as we're always searching for those tasty waves, hot tunes, fun in the sun, righteous food, and all the news across the 805. On this show, we've got great segments breaking down those goods we've discovered with our journalistic point of views over the last week. Spence, how you feeling? Feeling great. Going into the, the favorite holiday for just about everybody. Thanksgiving. Get together with the friends. Have some good food. Watch a little football. Go for a hike and just have fun through the weekend. This is my favorite time. So happy Thanksgiving and intro into the Christmas holiday for everyone. Gobble, gobble, gobble. It's going to be fun out there. Safe travels. Maybe we'll release the podcast a little early this week because we do the recording earlier this week. So if you're hearing it, thank you so much. The faithful followers out there, we appreciate you. The sponsors, we're coming out of the holiday season. We're going to need you more than ever. So appreciate that. And ways to contribute to Ventura Ford are always out there. So like, share, do all the obvious stuff and continue sharing this amazing podcast as we're always bringing you the goods. And we're doing that this week too as our friend Ben Cohen is in office, is in office, is in studio with us. It is my office here because Spence and Spence podcast never do leave the house. And we're always communicating with the coolest people in the community. So for episode 34, Ben has stopped in to not only talk about his passions about life. And we met outside right now, the studio, and he reminded me, stop smiling so much. It can be a serious topic. So I put on my stern face, Ben. We were joking around, but we had a chance to meet him, Spence. In the election process, again, a few times, but it was at the East Ventura Council when he came up with some great questions. I had no doubt, and he's also been a guest on the weekend shows here with his business, and uh, interesting fellow, and we can't uh, wait to hear, because what we liked one, good morning, and good afternoon, and good evening. We say good all times, because somebody could be listening to the <laughs> podcast at three in the morning, for crying out loud. Uh, but uh, the best question is the one that has some passion and knowledge behind it. And that's what I liked most about uh, what we did uh, with the two forums that we had. And he had great questions. And we're bringing him in to ask those tough questions today because our conversation continued forward, Ben. And I brought you in because of this great knowledge that you had bringing it forward for the Ventura Unified School District, also the state of California, and mostly about your children and the way that they're kind of going through the education system. Now, here at Ventura Forward, we don't focus on race, skin, uh, studies, ethnics very much because we believe in that one love concept, and we believe that all people are pretty much human, and we stop right there. But Ben, you want to bring that importance of you being, if you mind starting off about your knowledge of ethnic studies, um, getting into some maybe some of the affirmative action stuff, the process that you've lived from what I've known, and I want to learn more about you now, and so does Spence, of course. You say that you're from Hawaii, you're in the military. What nationality do you associate with, and why do you find it so um, concerning and important that our followers in the community know about the knowledge that you have about ethnic studies and what it's like to be um, a, a minority in the community of Ventura County? Uh well, good morning, and thanks a lot for having me on to both of you. I really appreciate it. And uh, what nationality would I consider myself would be American. And th it's that simple. Uh, there's nothing else that's that needed to be added or anything like that. Um, I'd come from both of my parents. They're both immigrants. Um, English was both of their second languages. And so I'm first generation. And from Hawaii, that's where I felt the most comfortable in my life. So I'm not Hawaiian. I'm not an Islander or anything like that, but that's where, where do I feel at home? That's it right there, okay? Ventura is my new home. And then 
how I really got into this, it's not a, and this is what going back to our conversation outside, unfortunately, I want this to be a happy moment. And if we could just end my discussion, maybe five minutes earlier and decompress and talk <laughs> about some I things that we're grateful for, because it's not a good conversation. But what really got me into this was, is that I got an email from the school district. And what it was about was that, um, hey, we're starting this group, the African American Parent Council, and it's for parents with black children. And I'm going like, why do I need a group because of my children's skin color? To, to me, that's like something that's completely, I don't understand this. When, how long ago did you receive that email? This was back in 2021, I think. I got the email chain. So all this thing that I'm verifying, if anyone has like some serious gripe with what, I, with what I'm saying, I don't want, what I would really love to happen is come to me, have a discussion with me. I really believe that respectful discussion is the most important thing. And then what will happen is I'll show you the emails and decide for yourself. But it was in this. Okay, so it looks like you had another no, question. Man, that's, I love I love you're going with that because that's what we always do at Ventura 4. We invite them to Peach Breakfast House, one of our great sponsors. And we say, if you do disagree, we want to have a discussion. You being a man is maybe six foot four, six foot five. Three. Six, thanks. I'll take the couple and, inches, and right? 200, that's what 200 plus pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you can be, as people would say, maybe an intimidating guy. You know, so that's what I love about, but you're so soft. You have this big teddy bear effect to you, but then you're asking some of the most difficult questions. You're a very diabolical individual, and I love the information that you're bringing. So as you say, let's have that conversation even furthermore, it brings in the, the seriousness of the topics. Yeah, so th something for you to consider, right? You mentioned one love, right? So obviously you're a Bob fan. I'll yeah. go on a limb. Absolutely. Okay, and if you remember the song War, was a speech that was written by Emperor Haile Selassie. It was based off of a speech written by Emperor Haile Selassie. And in that song, there's a lyric. And it says, until the color of a man's skin is of no more importance than the color of his eyes, everywhere is war, right? Let's go. Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Right. I love it. I love it. So here's what's happened. Ventura Unified has decided that what they're going to do is that. Should I read the whole quote or should I actually. It's, it's, it's your podcast, Ben. This I is would what like Ventura, the whole quote, actually. This is what Ventura Unified said. And then this is on their 415. So this is you could find this information at 415 equity policy, which is dated 27 April 2021. In order to eradicate institutional bias of any kind, including implicit or unintentional bias and prejudice that affects student achievement and to eliminate disparity in educational outcomes from historically underserved and underrepresented population, the district shall proactively identify class and cultural bias as well as practices, policies, and institutional barriers that negatively influence students' learning, perpetual achievement gaps, and impede equal access to opportunities of all students. So what they're saying is the way that I interpret that, what they mean by themselves, I'm not sure, but I'll just tell you my interpretation, is, is that they're going to identify the children by the color of their skin, by their gender, by whatever identity that they want. An example of how this was proven, of my theory was proven, was during the disenrollment committees 
that they had. Mm -hmm. And during that time, it was Dr. Roger Rice, who was the superintendent at the time. He's been since replaced by Dr. Antonio Castro. But Dr. Rice gave a lot of presentations. I think there were four of them. I've gone through all the PDF files of those presentations, and all they talk about on there is the color of someone's skin. So this is how many black kids left Ventura Unified School District. This is how many white kids left. They didn't talk about, it was never mentioned of things like um, two-parent households, social income, you know, were both parents working? Was it a doctor who pulled their kids out? Was it someone who left? So many different demographics can be chosen and skin color seems to continue to be the one that's the most important to the district or to different government agencies. And so why is that? Right? I don't, I personally don't know. It drives me absolutely So here's bonkers. the reason. So here's what I believe is the reason. Please tell me. Okay. The, you, have you ever heard of Karl Marx? Uh, so, yes. Karl Marx. Yes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. We all have. Have yes. you ever heard of Paulo Freire? Not to my Spence, have you heard of Paul? I do not know Paula Freire. And this is why I'm sad about this. Not sad, but I got to come up with a better version of, wor of word, right? <laughs> but this is where I don't want to be the subject matter expert. I want to say Paula Freire, and everyone's like, yep, I know that guy. All right, let's do it. Venture okay. forward from now on. Paula Freire? Yeah. Freire. Okay, okay, go ahead. Paula Freire, and the reason why was because this gentleman was, um, he was the one who actually changed American education system. And so one of the things that he did was they used to believe in the banking system. And it was in the banking system where the students were like a piggy bank, sort of. And the teacher was the one depositing money into the bank, right? Mm -hmm. And the money being knowledge. Sure. Well, what happened was he said, no, that's not right. What happens is you need to be able to draw on the experiences of everybody in the room. And so what he created was something called problem-posing education. And so that's where the teacher, whatever the subject might be, they need to draw on the experience. So if you can imagine, you've been a teacher for whatever, right? Okay. Right. So you've been a teacher for so long, and you're teaching ninth grade math, and you're supposed to draw on the experiences of your students. So now, what did Paula Freire say, right? We mentioned identity. And one of the things, this is a quote in his book, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Without a sense of identity, there can be no real struggle. So ask yourself, why do you want struggle? Why would you want struggle? And the way that I look, and this is my view, is, is that because I think of incentives. What is so, how is someone incentivized to do this, or how does someone benefit? Mm -hmm. You don't want struggle unless you actually benefit from it. And how do you benefit from it is when you can be the one to say, I have the answer to end your struggling. I have the way where, and if you go back and you read some Stalin, this is some of the things that he says, is that if you go ahead and you put enough pressure on the people, they'll do anything to make that pressure stop. Mm -hmm. So if you create that struggle, the people who advocate for the for and, the getting rid of and it. And the struggle that we're describing here is still continuing to be associated with a skin color of a time of the past when oppression was more real it, and, and perceiving that oppression still exists? Or why is it so important that we get rid of skin color, like for Martin Luther King, and I love what you said about Martin Luther King, the quote. And then in the in, in the, another line from the district, it said, "We will judge." That's where I get caught up. Ben is like, "Who's the one judging that there's still racism?" Like that. That's where I get caught up. And so, and 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 here's the thing: this thing, this topic, is one of these things, and and it's so. What what they're doing is they're changing culture. And so what you asked, one of the big questions you ask is who gets to judge all of this, right? 
who gets to decide what's right, what's wrong. Sure. And to me, I think that's one of the big problems with that. And, and the reason why is because there's no such things as solutions. Um, as you listen to this podcast, you'll hear me often do little quotes. I'm not that smart, actually. But I'd like to think that I've listened to some people smarter than me. And one of those people's name is Th- Thomas Sowell, S-O-W-E-L-L. And I would really encourage everyone listening to actually follow and listen to what he says. He's written many books. You don't have to buy a single one. So many of his teachings are on YouTube. And you could just listen to the debates. And, but who actually gets, going back to your question, who gets to judge any of this, right? Mm-hmm. Who gets to judge that if a boy identifies as a girl, that he's allowed, he has the right, he's in the right to go into the girl's bathroom now. And so why is the girl's opinion not valued? Mm-hmm. Where she says, I don't want a boy in my, I don't want a boy in my bathroom. Yeah. I don't care what he says his name is right now. And the thing about it is, so if you read, if you get really familiar with Paulo Freire, and I'm telling you, it's a, I would encourage you not to do it because you seem like a really happy guy. (laughs) I I get grumpy, right, Spence? Well, occasionally, but not often. You always bring coffee. (laughs) But I, on the money for me, I have a daughter and I get very, very concerned when people start, um, they decide what they are and what they want in the safety of my daughter and the comfort whether it's the, the guy swimming for Penn State, whether that's going on, and the things like that. The idea that you can identify and change something like that just on your whim, if you will. I know people are challenged medically, and this um, issue has to be addressed, but not that way. And, and one of the things that I really believe, so when we talk about, I call it the gender community, for lack of a better term, because I cannot keep track of all these acronyms. Mm-hmm. All the, the LG, it just started with LBGTQ, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a plus, and then there's an A, and then there's a minor, have you ever heard of MA? No. Minor attracted. So they changed the term for pedophile. Mm. Okay, I can't keep track of all of it. So I just say the gender community, because that's people who find, the, the way that I look at it, it's just, it's a way for people who find value or identity in their gender. Now, here's the thing though with this, right? And I believe that the things that they're going through is real. And I believe they deserve compassion and mutual respect. But I believe that's an intimate conversation that needs to be had in the privacy of the person with their parents. And if the parents decide who um, a psychiatrist of their choice, if the parents decide, if the children decides that that would be helpful, what doesn't need to be happen, it doesn't need to be brought into the classroom. This is one of those things where I say I'm very depressed about it. Because, you know, there's this thing going on with the teachers right now mm-hmm. and, and the students and the teachers pay. Well, what ended up happening was, is, is that I went ahead and I looked at one of the, uh, here we go right here. Okay. So this is from back in 2019. And I got this from the teachers from VUEA. And this is their ethnic studies agreement. And so this is not from Ventura Unified. Okay, this is from the teachers, and it even says that, number one, it talks about how ethnic studies and themes are going to be integrated into the curriculum of all. So, in other words, it's not a standalone class, but this is is what they're changing with everything, right? And it says that all instruction and material must be inclusive of the LGBTQ students, and this means that schools must teach about all sexual orientations and what being LGBTQ means. And what something that I don't think is, I don't think is being understood in the correlation, 
the more that they talk about this type of behavior, the more suicide rates go up. And this is just my interpretation. Well, even sexuality for me in, 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 in any form, you know, we, I think it's seventh or eighth grade in 1994 when I was in school, Spence, and that's my own time capsule. We had, I think it was in health class. We had a six-week period. I feel like that conversation didn't come out of that classroom other than you poking with your friends and, you know, maybe your flirtation with the girls went to the next level. But then again, it wasn't in the hallways. It didn't really leave that classroom to me. So I do think that's interesting how whether it's the dialogue of the sexual orientation or the classroom or the knowledge, which should be obviously this should be education because we're teaching the kids about sexual education. I find that the identity and how the conversations evolved on campus to be the most interesting, Spence. And with me, what you're getting at here, I don't know how we made it through my age because I'm a lot older than you guys. It worked out. And now they're causing all of these issues that mm -hmm. I think are being artificially introduced into the conversation. And it makes kids think maybe in a direction that they're not mature enough to go to. I will tell you this. It worked when I was a kid. It just worked. I was there. I saw it. And was I awkward? Damn right yeah. I was awkward. Did I have issues? Absolutely I had issues. But we worked them out, not in this fashion that they're talking about today. So that's where I get really concerned. Again, I'm an old dad. I have a 14-year-old kid, and I'm 64. I'm seeing this from a different set of eyeballs, and mm -hmm. it really concerns me. I think it goes back to Paula Freire. Without a sense of, without a sense of identity, there can be no real struggle. And all identity we're talking about there. And and I, feel so, like, I feel like we're almost talking about kids' identity too young when their brains don't even have the formability to know what your identity is. You know, I mean, t shoot, I'm 42. I figured I could just figure it out. So let's be realistic. Maybe my mid-20s, you're getting a grasp of that and, type of... And here's the biggest... It's too problem. early to even be... Let's just stick with the education stuff. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing that's, that, that I find the problem with that, right? Is, is a lot of this stuff... Is, is that before in the past, what I found is that it was um, you are who you are, you believe in yourself, and no matter what anyone says about you, you know, you know, you stand on your own two feet. You're your own advocate kind yeah, of Yeah, right? America. That's what I think the culture used to be, okay? And I think what it's turned into, especially within the gender community, and this is why the identity thing gets harped on so much, is, is that their validation comes from external approval mm. so you have to you have to recognize me as my sexual orientation so if i identify as he him there or whatever the case may be if you don't say if you don't acknowledge that validation that's a form of hate speech where you know the before it was no i don't need you to tell me or validate what i believe in or who my partner is right, or right. who i'm here to love and what's and I think so. What happens when you don't get that unconditional the, love? Right? No. What happens when your expectation is not met? One of the things I believe it's a personal thing. I believe that disappointment comes from expectations. Okay. Sometimes you got to have realistic expectations, but sometimes it's it is unrealistic. And and so we're teaching kids that society is going to accept you the way that you are. Okay. And you don't accept yourself. You don't find self-esteem. Which we know within. they never are going to do. It doesn't happen. Never. It can't happen, right? It can't happen. 
Ben Cohen in studio, number 34, Ventura Ford Podcast. We're rocking and rolling, and we know there's no way we can get this man's knowledge and information into one podcast. So we're going to keep this conversation moving forward. As you said, if you've got questions about what we're talking about, it's bringing that one love, full conversation forward. And we brought Ben in because he wanted to be outspoken. He was sharing that stoke. And he met me outside right now again today, gave me more details about his life, which I love, Spence. And it said one thing. He's been all over California. He's traveled all over different places from his life, but he loves Ventura. And that's what our listeners and our uh, everyone has in common one thing and why we give everyone respect because we got one love in common, Spence. That's the city of Ventura, California. And I had an issue with this. This is quite a few years back. Everybody was declaring this. So it seemed like you could get ahead in the world if you had an addiction and you came out, oh, I have this addiction. Everybody goes, oh, it's so sorry. And I was this, I was that. And they would somehow gain traction by having it. And it really bothered me. So I, we, they were doing the jackets for everybody, for the, the station jackets. And everybody had their little like sales thing because they have degrees like like a Ph.D. type thing. So I put Spence and underneath it said R.B.H. And that was radio broadcaster heterosexual because I wanted to declare myself as a heterosexual. Most people laugh, but some people got really angry with me saying I was belittling. The situation of people coming out and declaring and I was saying, well, let's all declare. Who cares? You know, it's like, and <laughs> yeah. I will say 100% and I, take me anywhere you want. I had a boss for two years who was gay. We didn't care. He was gay. Yeah. We, it just didn't come up. And this man was successful. We had a gentleman here who had a, a, a great status within this organization. He was gay. Nobody cared. Right. He was really good at what he did. It never came up. Right. Never came up. And and you know what? And that's the th so I got gay friends. I got quite a few. Okay, I don't keep count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't and do that. But here's what I do believe. Right. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really do believe, and and all this stuff is a mess. It's all complicated. The viewer, I don't know if they could see, but I got a whole bunch of papers in front of me, and this is not even just a, a smidgen of what I have. Ben, what's the call to action though for me? Like as a parent listening to you, you're married. How many years have you been married? Oh, geez, over 20. Over I don't 20. Know, it's and you, and, and you got, how many children do you have? Two. Two. How old are your children? My son is 19. He's in the Navy. Yep. And then my daughter is 12. And she goes to what school? Cabrillo. Cabrillo. Yeah. Great. So we know, we know where yeah. he's at while, you, while you're invested in this. What's the call to action that you would like our parents to know? You know, because we, like you said, it's a lot, right? And we can't wrap it up whether we stay for two more minutes, five, or another hour. Read the policy. Read the policy. Seriously. Where would we find that policy that you want us to read? Can you share that in to with Ventura Ford and we can then link that up? Too easy. And and what I would suggest is the person you really need to have a conversation with is Dr. Soledad Molinar. That's mm. the name that you need to know. Dr. Soledad Molinar. She works for Ventura Unified and she's with the school district over there. And she's in charge of the ethnic studies. The one who is the final approval, from what I understood, is Dr. Antonio Castro. And the reason why I say Dr. Antonio Castro is because last year I had a meeting with them, with Dr. Castro, Dr. Sol uh, Molinar, and then Dr. Greg Bayless. And because I don't want, I didn't want all this ethnic studies. You know, my son was told at Foothill, okay, by, I'm not going to tell the teacher's name, no point, okay. Sure. But that the color of your skin does, uh, determines your success in America. 
And this teacher was told this to the entire class. This was when a Zoom was happening. So I was actually sitting behind my son on his bed listening to this class because this was during government class. Wow. And I'm thinking, how could you put such a poisonous thought in a kid's, in a child's head? Yeah. And, and furthermore, that's so easy to dispute. But on top of that, this teacher honestly believed they were doing the right thing. And that's where I talk about culture, right? This is changing the culture of America. And so that teacher, he went through all that training. He thought he was doing right. Read the Going against Martin Luther King. And, and so the call to action is know that if you have a chance to meet with people, you can do it. So you can call that meeting. You can meet with the, the heads up. You might not get the answers that you have, but the well, call to action is to meet with the people because a lot of people left the school district because of uh, whether it's the, what, what, what's this, what's the, the, not common core, what's the, the studies that are coming out that they don't want in classes? Um, the ethnic studies? Ethnic studies, but there's another term they're using it nationally. Uh, I'm not sure. On I'm blanking. One. Spence, what was it called? I don't know, but common core is the mathematics. I am stuck too. Yeah. Uh, well, but, that's the thing. So like, and, and sorry to go on this tangent, but mm -hmm. yeah. So what they actually said was that math is now racist. Right. Okay. So if you look up stride, a pathway to math, to math equity. Yeah. It talks about how math is actually racist. And they were using this curriculum down in Wainimi, in the Wainimi school district. So it's not like this is just where it's like one person's whatever. It's like, no, really quick. So I mentioned Paulo Freire a couple times, right? Yeah. He's on page four of the ethnic studies curriculum. And I know that you don't have a lot of time here, but so one of the things is, is that when they talk about ethnic studies, California passed this bill. And this is one of the main things I want viewers to understand. They passed this bill where it had to be a high school requirement in 2029, 2030, okay, to get your diploma. So that meant schools had to start implementing this in 2025, mm -hmm. okay? This right here, the, and I'm showing the paper that I showed you from the school district, this was 2019. When has a government agency been five years proactive in anything where they said, don't worry about it, we're way ahead of the curve by six years? They don't do it unless there's incentive for it, unless there's an agenda. And here's the crazy part about it, in my opinion. They say that this is ethnic studies, right? In California, that's how it's described as ethnic studies. So why does Ventura call it ethnic studies and social ethnic and social justice studies? Mm. Where does social where does social justice come in? Yeah. Okay. The terms change, like you're saying. They change the terms. CARP, which is the Climate Action Resilience Plan that City of Ventura just put out, they went ahead and changed the definition of equity and equality. Ben Ventura Forward's got a website coming out. Would you possibly be a contributor on this website? It depends on what it is, but I mean, we yeah. give you your own column. You can write your own articles. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, unedited. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what I didn't unedited. know what you meant by contributor. Oh but yeah, yeah. yeah, sure, absolutely. Sure. We're gonna create segments to get in there and possibly do it to where it's gonna be like have your own little space, maybe once a month, maybe have an article, link up some of this stuff. You could be like the parent out there getting the knowledge that you need. Got it. And then, go ahead. Just really quick. Yeah. How much time do we got? One minute. Okay. Here's the answer to all this stuff. Here's what I believe is the way that all this stuff gets solved. Yeah. Okay. Is, is that you treat other people as you want to be treated and you have a faith in something higher than you. Whatever that faith is, no matter what God you believe in, we all come from the same one. That's what I believe. And uncomfortable conversations over barbecue. Ha find someone you disagree with, sit down with them over dinner, and just have a nice, respectful conversation of why do you believe. And don't try to get people's minds to change. 
just share with them your viewpoint. Three simple rules coming from Ben Cohen on this Thanksgiving weekend special edition. Man, it was really great having you in the studio today. Spence, you have a good time? Oh, yeah. We got to have it to be continued on this one. As a matter of fact, into the next podcast, I think this is essential to really flesh out and give people a chance to react to this one and maybe throw their thoughts to the following conversation. Spence has yet to request a part two. Ben, you blew part the two. doors. There you you blew the doors off it here at Ventura Forward Podcast. Happy Turkey Day. Ben, thank you for coming in. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. Hey, we're thank bringing you. the tough conversation and always that fun of Ventura Forward. Until next time, let's go!